Hello, everyone, and thanks for tuning in to the 30 Days of Miracles podcast. I'm Felicia Michelle, and I will be sharing personal experiences of miracles in my life, as well as walking through biblical miracles in scripture. We'll take a look at how God uses people in the delivery of miracles and how you can be a part of it, how you can be present and available to encounter or be a part of miracles by learning to listen and converse with God. So becoming kingdom-minded and encountering his presence and kingdom on earth as it is in heaven. Today for day 14, I would love to share a little bit about a story. (laughs) This is another one of my God hikes, but about a story of miraculous sights. Let's leave it at that. I do want to encourage you to read Exodus and more about Moses and all of that in Exodus if you're not familiar with who Moses is. But I think this will be an enjoyable story to you nonetheless. (laughs) What a strange sight, right? To see a bush that does not burn up and is on fire in front of you because of the Holy God. So let's let's get started. So most people are familiar with the story of Moses and the burning bush, or at least who Moses is leading his people. And I wanted to talk about just the holiness of God and how he can show up and how anything is possible. But the strength of him, the holiness of him, the power of him, the presence of him is, uh, he is, I am, right? He says, I am who I am and I am has sent you. That's what he told Moses. God is all powerful and he is our father. He's our God. He's holy. There is no one like him. And I mean, if we saw him as we are in our condition, we wouldn't even be able to look upon his face. So sharing that, um, I'm not going to go too much into, you know, all the signs right now. I'm just going to have a, a share a little bit about what happened to me as I was on a trail with a tree and then compare it to what happened with Moses and the tree, but I won't go into the, you know, um, leading his people out of Egypt or anything like that. Right now, I just want to talk about a few things with his power and his holy presence. So I had gone on another one of my God hikes. I had talked about this in another post or another episode. But basically, in case you're popping in at this point and not earlier, I would often go on these hikes, you know, before I had a child, a long, long, these long hikes where they, instead of being like a a regular hike in the fashion that I do them for, you know, exercise and that kind of thing, I would go try to hike up somewhere where it was pretty secluded and spend half of a day, you know, to the whole afternoon, whole day with God praying and seeking him and, and just being with him in his presence and amazing things would happen every time I did that. He would reveal things. He would talk to me. He would show me things. It was amazing. I missed the longer hikes that I had, the longer days with him. But anyway, so that's what my God hike would be. It would just be a hike that instead of exercise would be to find a, a quiet place and just be out in nature with him and alone and stuff. And if, on a few occasions I had someone come with me, but we weren't talking and stuff. They would just end up. Uh, doing the same thing I was doing. So I was on one of these hikes and I remember, I mean, I just had a really good talk with him and, and I was, you know, I had my Bible and everything. And I was like, gosh, why? I mean, I want to see a burning bush. Can I see a burning bush like Moses? And I was like, oh, I just want to see, I want to see that. I mean, it would be so amazing. 
and it's always at these, these times and these moments where I'm just like coming into like, it's like kind of like childlike thinking, right? So I'm not kidding you. I walk like barely any bit more and I see this bush, this tree lit up with on fire. It's like it was on fire. I'm not kidding you, but it wasn't a fire. It was totally red and orange. I took a picture of it. I still have that somewhere. But I saw this bush, this tree. I don't know if it was like a little tree or it was technically a bush. But on fire, like with red light, right, and sun. And it was amazing. And so I looked at it and I I noted, I was like, how is this even possible, God? Like, what is happening right now? And why is it so bright? It was so bright. It literally looked like it was on fire. And I noticed as I walked past it, the way the sun, the sun was just, it was blazing. And it was warm. It was summer that, you know, at the time. But it just, the the angle, the position, everything, it just shone, it was shining through that bush so crazy. And yet no other bushes, no other trees, only that one. It was just so lit up. And I was like, wow, he can give you anything at any time. It doesn't have to literally be on fire where the whole place is going to burn, right? But it was like right when I, right after I asked and right after I've been reading about it. And I was like, I want to see that. I want to see you bring a bush on fire. And it wasn't like me testing him. I just, me, that's a difference. You know, it was like, God, I know you can do this. So do this right now for me. So, I mean, it was just so incredible and just showed me that he's there and that he's present and he's my God. He's my father and he is holy, and he hears me, and it's just so amazing, because in, I want to read you a little, a little passage, but in Exodus chapter 3, it talks about Moses in the burning bush, and maybe I'll go back to the beginning, but basically, yeah, let's go just to the beginning of chapter 3, so now Moses was tending the flock of Jethro, his father-in-law, and he led the flock to the far side of the wilderness and came to Horeb, the mountain of God, okay? And there the angel of the Lord appeared to him in flames, it says, okay, from within a bush. Moses saw that the bush was on fire and it did not burn up. So Moses thought, I will go over and see the strange sight, why the bush does not burn up, right? And when the Lord saw he had gone over to look, God called to him from within the bush, Moses, Moses, and Moses said, here I am. Do not come any closer, God said. Take off your sandals for the place where you are standing is holy ground. Then he said, I am the I am the God of your father, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. At this moment, Moses hid his face because he was afraid to look at God. And so uh, going on, he's talking about people. God seeing the misery of the people in Egypt, hearing them cry um, because of their slave drivers. He can, he's concerned with them and we can move forward through this where he's talking. And then verse 11, Moses said to God, But who am I that I should go to Pharaoh and bring the Israelites out of Egypt? And God said, I will be with you. And this will be the sign to you that it is I who have sent you. When you have brought the people out of Egypt, you will worship God on this mountain. Okay, and I'm just going to say, God says in chapter 4, verse 14, I am who I am. This is what you are to to say to the Israelites. I am has sent me to you. Okay, so one more quick thing. He says, this is my name forever. The name you shall call me from generation to generation. So God clearly, clearly wants to show us how powerful he is, how mighty he is, how present he is 
you know, in times of trouble and just all at all times. And he can call us out and he can speak directly to us. And when we're after the heart of God, it's not by, you know, um, rank or some recognition. It's not by qualifications. It's not by works. It's by our heart and obedience and willingness to, to surrender our life to God that he shows up in the miraculous ways that he does and has a direct personal relationship with us and open communication. It's by our hearts being willing, being bent towards the Lord instead of, you know, towards sin. Uh, we all sin and make mistakes and and have to correct them. But it's about our heart for God. It's about our willingness to, for in our love of obedience and our love of God and our willingness to submit our lives before him in humility and watch him work through our lives. That's that you give your life over so that he can be present and make your life glorify him. And I think that that's so important to understand how you experience these things aren't by things you do that bring him all about. It's about being in that position, in that heart position, and that submission to God that he shows up in miraculous ways because he can do miraculous things through you because you're willing to submit to that. So... God is holy, he is righteous, and he wants us to reject sin so we could walk more fully in his ways and see him show up like this. And when he, it was the times where I wasn't earning anything, I wasn't doing anything except for wanting to spend time with God. It was these times that he spoke loudly and clearly and all these things happened. So yeah, I just, these were so similar, it was crazy that I saw that bush, but I had specifically asked for something like that. And then you know, it was just like Moses in the burning bush. I mean, he was speaking to me. I had so many notes and he gave me so many. He just speaks like not clearly and loudly through the tree and calling from me to me like he did with Moses. But he speaks so clearly in different ways and and through pictures and through instant knowledge or through just his words popping into my brain in his own sentence structures that aren't like mine. And he just tells me things. They just It's just... um. Wisdom, I can't explain. It's so hard to explain how, but even if it's not in a sentence, it's just the information will just be plop right into my brain. Like I'll just know something. It'll just be revealed and I'll just know it. And that's, you know, a lot of the times how he speaks to me. So I really love this story in the Bible and I love, you know, how he showed me that burning bush as well. I mean, it's it was pretty amazing. <laughs> And now I wanted to just leave you with a couple verses of encouragement. Now Isaiah has so many verses and illustrations, just just powerful illustrations. So I'm going to give you something from Isaiah chapter 6 verse 1 through 5. In the year that King Uzziah died, I saw the Lord sitting upon a throne high and lifted up and the train of his robe filled the temple. Above him stood the seraphim. Each had six wings, with two he covered his face, and with two he covered his feet, and with two he flew. The one called to another and said, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts. The whole earth is full of his glory. Do you remember that from one of the songs we sang, you've sung in church? We, we have that in the song we sing. And the foundations of the threshold shook at the voice of him who called, and the house was filled with smoke. And I said, Woe is me, for I am lost, for I am a man of unclean lips, and I dwell in the midst of a people of unclean lips, for my eyes have seen the King, the Lord of hosts. In this year, in this year, he saw the Lord sitting up on a throne, high and lifted up. Amazing, right? 
Now, because God is so powerful, sometimes we forget, you know, we get stuck in a moment where we're like, how is this going to work out? What's going to happen? Who's going to help me? I'm alone. Um, you know, whatever feelings of desperation or hopelessness we might have, which is just a lie of the enemy. Um, you know, there's a lot of verses that can take that away and fill you with hope and, and just firm knowledge and faith of what is possible. So Mark 10, 27, looking at them, Jesus said with people, it is impossible, but not with God for all things are possible with God. It's so true. It's so true. Genesis 18, 14 is anything too difficult for the Lord at the appointed time. I'll return to you at this time next year. And Sarah will have a son. In other words, she is never too old because, but God, he can do it. Psalms 93, 1, the Lord reigns. He is clothed with majesty. The Lord has clothed and girded himself with strength. Indeed, the world is firmly established. It will not be moved. Mark 14, 36, and he was saying, Abba, Father, all things are possible for you. Remove this cup from me. Yet not what I will, but with you, what will, but what you will. And that was talking about, you know, before Jesus was going to go to the cross. So he was willing and he was submitting his life and Obviously, if it's possible any other way for man to be saved, for your will to be accomplished, right? But if you don't remove the cup, it's okay because it's your will. Submitting our lives to God. In Luke 1, 37, for nothing will be impossible with God. Mm. Job 42, 2, I know that you can do all things and no purpose of yours can be thwarted. Yeah. Isaiah 14, 27, for the Lord of hosts has planned and who can frustrate it and is for his stretched out hand, who can turn it back? Jeremiah 10, 6, there is none like you, O God, O Lord, you are great and great is your name in might. Genesis 28, 3, may God Almighty bless you and make you fruitful and multiply you that you may become a company of peoples. And lastly, hmm. Can you discover the depths of God? Can you discover the limits of the Almighty? That's from Job eleven seven. Mm. So I want you to know that God is if He can if He is for you, no one can be against you, right? In a way that can outpower you. God's will will be done. What He allows, He allows, but there is nothing greater than our God, and He is the Almighty the Alpha and the Omega. No one is more powerful than him and all things are possible in him no matter how impossible or unlikely or improbable they seem. God can accomplish anything if it's his will. It's just important to return to him, to submit your will to his and to just, yeah, clothe ourselves with righteousness as much as possible. All right, until next time, blessings.